Welcome to the Mortgage Vault podcast hosted by Voltage. Voltage is a mortgage automation company that helps mortgage lenders and servicers reduce the time and cost to close and board mortgages. Mortgage Vault podcast is for mortgage industry professionals who want to stay ahead of the curve. Every week you will hear from experts, thought leaders and legends on what's next in the mortgage industry. All of this with just one goal in mind that you stay on top of your game. So, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of Mortgage Vault. Hey everybody, it's Sanat, marketing head at Voltage and your host today. Voltage is a mortgage automation software that helps you produce and service more loans doing less work. Welcome to Mortgage Vault podcast. Today, we have a guest who's at the very forefront of digital mortgage industry. He leads technology infrastructure at a company whose mission is to facilitate non-qualified mortgage loans for millions of borrowers. We are extremely delighted to welcome Matthew Linen, CIO at Deep Haven Mortgage. Thank you so much for joining today, Matt. Yeah, great to be here. Great, Matt. So Matt, typically we, we begin these interviews by learning a bit more about our speaker, right? And we would love to hear about your origin story, right? What has been your journey in the mortgage industry? How did you start? How did you end up in the current role? That would be great to start with. Yeah, so my entrance into the mortgage industry started in 2007. So pre, pre-mortgage meltdown, right at the cusp of that, that great event. Um, you know, I started on the agency side and yeah, this was GSE backed, uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans um, for about 11 years. And, okay. you know, got to see everything, got to go through the journey from uh, brokers through correspondent lending. And, you know, kind of at the peak of the career in, in that area, uh, the opportunity with Deep Haven came along to look at the non QM, uh, the non QM space. And, you know, for me, it was an opportunity to really broaden the the scope of what I've seen. You know, you have the agency world, um, but there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. And Deep Haven brought that unique opportunity to really see things not just from the lender side and and the lender and the broker side, but also seeing on the other side of the fence, right. uh, actually purchasing loans, um, actually receiving wholesale loans and, and working those through the, the process. So it really gave me a lot more perspective. Great. Just as a follow-up to this question, you know, talking about perspective, since you lead technology infrastructure at Deep Haven, right? So becoming a part of mortgage technology ecosystem, is that something you always wanted to do? Yeah, so that's interesting. My, you know, originally my, my desire was to do uh, digital art and wow. graphic design. So this was way back uh, at the start of college. Um, but, you know, it, it changed a little bit and I started getting interested in kind of the business world. I had some exposure to technology. And so I wanted to meld that together and really understood that technology is per- pervasive across every industry, everywhere in the world. There's really no, um, no area that technology doesn't touch. And so going at it with more of a business focus um, would allow me to be kind of industry agnostic. So mortgage was just a happy accident. Um, it was a good coincidence to, to come into it. But the mortgage technology space is actually very interesting because 
you know, there is all the traditional IT, um, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of development. There's a lot of solving business challenges and finding unique solutions and applying actually interesting traditional technologies like, um, you know, OCR, AI, um, you know, integrating a lot of different systems together, but really to do it with a very clear purpose in mind. And ultimately it's to, to automate and, and simplify people's, people's workflows. Absolutely. I think one of the interesting things that I kind of got from what you just said is that apart from the traditional technology infrastructure, which is deployed in the mortgage industry, there are new things that are coming up uh, like AI, OCR, and it really depends on the business cases to which they're applied. So in the context of Deep Haven, right, the company is on a mission to rebuild the non-government mortgage market. From that standpoint, how important is technology in mitigating risks and improving efficiency? So yeah, technology is obviously at the forefront of, of everything we do. Um, with, with the non-QM space, you know, there's, there are some of the traditional guardrails. So regulations, federal and state law gives us a good set of guardrails, but we don't necessarily have the GSEs, the government-backed entities, specifying exactly what the credit criteria is specifically what the products look like and you know fitting everything into a nice little box so you know we have to employ a lot of a lot of ways to mitigate risk and some of them are non-traditional so for example income verifications and income underwrites you know rather than just a traditional pay stub or a tax return you know we have additional sources like 12 and 24 months of bank statements um profit and loss statements, um, you know, rental streams. So there's a lot of additional areas that we have to look at, and there's not necessarily a universal guideline on how to use these. Right. So that takes a, that's, that's an enormous focus is how can we leverage technology to, you know, detect any, any cases of fraud to validate data, to cross-reference it among, among various sources. Um, and also just to aid in, obtaining this information because it may not be readily available right. or readily in a, in a format that's usable. So do you, do you see that adoption of, I would say more advanced technology stack is low right now? Do you, do you see that as a challenge? Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, there are some areas where I would say there's, there's hold back on, on some of the, the adoption at the, at the regulatory level. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's use, for example, um, e-closings right so you know in in most most worlds you know in in business e-signing uh is very common it's it's kind of the industry standard right Right. but when it comes to a traditional mortgage closing you know getting initial disclosures e-sign has been adopted you know it's it's pretty standard but there's a lot of states um that'll have specific forms or you know just a couple documents that have to be e-signed and then when it comes to closing you know, the regulations are even more unclear um, right. what will and won't be accepted. So there needs to be universal adoption uh, adoption um, with some of these standards. So I think that's probably the the biggest holdout is just True. the distinction between, you know, what the consumer wants and desires versus what is acceptable as a loan moves all the way down the pipeline um, at every stop of the way. But if we just put 
into context, like the last year, uh, which has been a COVID year, where across the countries, work from home, social distancing has been the norm. So, so do you see that these challenges will tend to you know, soften a bit? And do you see the adoption of technology in this space going up because of the post-pandemic new normal? Absolutely. So, you know, I think the you know, the pandemic and other, you know, events like that, um, which drive a lot of change in the country, a lot of change in consumer behavior. So let's take, for example, um, you know, this past year, a lot of a lot of people have had job changes, income disruptions, maybe, you know, even even down to housing events or other personal challenges. Um, there's also been a large shift of people moving from, you know, dense city city centers to trying to spread out into the suburbs and, and other areas. So there's been a lot of, you know, turnover in home ownership and, and movement. And a lot of buyers that maybe were renting in a city want to own a home further away from the city now. So those change the consumer behavior. And then with COVID, with social distancing, with um, with working remotely, things like e-sign and e-closing, the consumer doesn't want to go sit in somebody's office. They don't want to have face-to-face right. -face interaction. So right. that was actually an interesting thing because the industry has been trying to adopt the the e-closing technology and the standard for, for several years. But the COVID pandemic forced a lot of the states and agencies to kind of, you know, issue emergency declarations and approvals so that some of these these things that they were hesitant to allow have now been kind of you know fast-tracked and you know personally believe that this is what consumers want and it's what they demand and i think it's here to stay so it's really a you know it's an event that catalyzed or it was the catalyst for for rapid adoption absolutely absolutely because with things moving the way they are right now, eventually we will see the adoption of, uh, I would say, you know, remote communication, uh, remote notarization becoming more mainstay than maybe what it was a couple of years back. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I agree. And that's, that's, if you survey any consumer, that is, that is what they are wanting. Everything is, is, you know, self-service, low touch, you know, right. non-face-to-face, um, you know, virtual interactions are here to stay in both the business, the personal, and um, the consumer world. True. Uh, so, so you know, sometime back you just mentioned about about OCR and AI being the new advancements. So, if I have to just ask you very candidly, what, according to you, are the upcoming tech advancements that you are particularly excited about? You know, within the frame of the mortgage industry. So a lot of that, you know, like I said, the the, the pieces of, of classifying data, extracting data, comparing it to various sources and validating in an automated fashion, but one that's just beyond, you know, simple, it looks like this, it must be this, you know, really layering the AI piece on top to start making decisions. So, you know, an example I could use would be building a model and, and you know, an intelligence framework that says, okay, let's analyze several documents and let's apply kind of a fuzzy logic to it so that in context of other documents, a value might be okay. Or in context of the other documents, the value might not be okay. 
So you're getting away from kind of a, a very hard, you know, black and white rule set. It's either a yes or a no. You need to start looking at contextual yeses, contextual nos, or maybes. And that's what's got me focused um, on really streamlining the, the mortgage operation process, where you take a lot of, you know, traditional kind of stare and compare clerical work and you empower the employees to, uh, you know, to be subject matter experts. So mm -hmm. really let the machine handle the, you know, the clerical, the mechanical pieces of it. And let's present to the user a decision stream and give them kind of a confidence score and say, you know, here is everything, here are all the facts, you know, on this side, you have everything that's good and valid. You don't need to worry about it. Let's move it forward. And then the other side, here's what you may need to look at. You know, so a user knows exactly what they need to do the very first time. And ultimately that speeds up the decision time and accuracy, quality. And when it comes full circle, it's a higher quality loan and it's a, a more satisfied consumer. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, what you, what you just said makes a lot of sense because if we can provide these kind of information support to the consumer, then it leads to undoubtedly a superior consumer experience. So in, in continuation to this question, I would like to definitely ask you one thing that let's say, do you, do, do you see the skill set of the existing human resource within any company in the mortgage industry? I would say a bit limiting in terms of adoption of, of these technologies. Yeah, I'm an optimist. So, yeah. you know, I believe that everybody in the industry, you know, if you really take a step back, mm -hmm. uh, industry veterans that have gone through multiple recessions, you know, changes in the regulation, the adoption of TRID, um, you know, now we have the new, the new 1003 that's just rolled out, you know, mortgage professionals, if anything, are very resilient, very right. adaptive to change. Um, and that goes even further in with operational staff, such as processors, underwriters, closers, funders, post-closers. Um, you know, really a lot of them have honed their skills in because of all the regulatory change, because of all the, you know, just industry disruption, especially in the last year. Um, you know, everybody's really become a subject matter expert. But what's held people back from really realizing their full potential a lot of times is the technology or the rules they have to follow, which, you know, dictates, okay, you're a very capable, very smart individual, but here's a lot of paper you have to shuffle through. And right. really you're just kind of going down a list, checking the boxes, but you're not necessarily having time to make decisions and really investigate. So, you know, it's, it's my perspective that we can use technology to free the workforce from the clerical and the just the repetitive right and let people really focus on being subject matter experts so in my opinion automation ai and technologies um if anything make you know they, they elevate everybody uh in their position so which are the processes or which are the areas in the mortgage industry which you think are ripe for technological disruption at this point of time Technology disruption, so, you know, several areas. So the, the consumer experience and really gathering information from the consumer, 
mm-hmm. sourcing data to back up, you know, everything like asset docs, income docs, um, different verifications, you know, rather than having the consumer, you know, source everything themselves, you know, providing the full digital experience to right. a customer. And, you know, I think there's been good adoption, you know, mm-hmm. in leaders, in leaders of the industry, but there's also a lot of the legacy, you know, kind of do it the old way, do it the, you know, the slower, more tedious way. Right. And again, if we go back to some of the events of the past year, you can hold out against technology and against adopting things for a while, but it's one of those things that, you know, once a consumer experiences how good a process can be or how easy something can be, you know, they're going to demand that. So those are areas, you know, really getting the consumer experience and crystallizing, you know, the digital loan experience as the gold standard that every consumer demands um, and really doing away with a lot of the legacy and just kind of clerical things that, again, you're just checking boxes for no reason. That's, that's the main, you know, that's the main area that I think we've jump-started, you know, greatly ahead in this past year. The other thing I would say is, you know, areas of disruption maybe would be, um, you know, I think a more more universal set of guidelines. So if you look at the the regulatory environment, we have, you know, we have various federal agencies and guidelines, and then we have various state guidelines layered on top of it. And, you know, for a consumer, some of those can be tricky to navigate between. And for a lender, you know, if you lend in 50 states, you're going to have 50 or then some uh, additional guidelines. So standardization and coordination between agencies, between guidelines, I think is going to also come out of this. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, we have talked a lot about Deep Haven, uh, you know, the adoption of technology, uh, the areas which are right for disruption. But now I'd like to get a little personal. I'd like to ask you, what do you think is the reason behind your own success? And, you know, tell us a bit about your learnings, discoveries that helped you in in your personal life as well as professional life. Okay. Well, so for personal success, you know, I think for me, uh, and this has been a journey, but it's, it's really understanding how to manage stress and how to quantify, you know, what is worth being stressed over in a positive way and what's worth being stressed over in a negative way. Um, So I've done a lot, uh, you know, studying and practicing the growth mindset and, and mindfulness, you know, it, it, it's training your, your mind to look at a challenge, um, not as a negative, but as an opportunity to grow and to learn. And, you know, it's, it's going into anything knowing, Hey, you might fail, but if you're very mindful of every step along the way, you know, you're going to get something out of it, whether it's growth, whether it's learning. Um, but that's, that's probably the main thing that I focus on is, is trying to be a you know, positive, look at things as the glass half full and, and what are my opportunities to better myself at every step of the way. Wow. Wow. And to be very honest, I, I totally resonate with that because in today's world, things are very chaotic. So 
in order to get a grip uh, on on things and just to slow down mindfulness is an area which 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 perhaps more people should practice and more proactively i would say that so yeah. i mean and and that's what it it means right the the chaos of of everything you know if you quantify that it's noise right so there's right. noise in every direction in our personal life in our professional life um you know world events everything else and you know it's not tuning out or ignoring anything right but it's approaching things and quantifying you know what does this mean you know where do i need to focus on it and where can i expend you know the finite energy you know the finite mental capacity you have each day you know where can you do it in a positive way great it's been so insightful talking to you so as we head towards the end of this episode i'd like to ask a couple of last few questions so one of them would be you know today's youngsters uh, millennials have a lot of career choices so do you think that the mortgage industry is something that can provide a long term career to them and what would be your recommendation or advice for professionals who are vying for a career in mortgage industry so actually that's a that's a great question so for for new you know new people entering the workforce you know i would absolutely say that the mortgage industry has has an enormous breadth of of career opportunity and growth opportunity and you know case in point uh you could be a technologist for example and you're you're going to solve problems in in mortgage you'll learn the mortgage lingo and you'll learn the industry but you know really you can apply any skill to the mortgage industry whether it's you know math science analytics technology even communication customer service um it all it all blends together and advice for for young professionals starting their career you know i would say day 1 you don't have to worry about what you're finding what your purpose is right i would say focus on what your passion is find your passion and if your passion is technology if your passion is customer service if your passion is you know solving any challenge that you can think of focus on that and then find a way to fit your passion into into the career path and you'll grow wow i think that somehow resonates with uh, you know with the growth mindset which you spoke a couple of moment, moments back right because if one is not passionate about what they are doing then definitely you know nothing will resonate so thank you so much uh, you know i had an amazing time talking to you matt and and i'm very sure that our listeners would also have gathered a lot in today's conversation uh, on everything we just spoke about uh, i'd like to ask you one last question okay can you recommend two or three people that you think we should interview for this podcast uh yeah actually um i think i'd like to to recognize or recommend my friend justin wisert okay uh he's a he's a former colleague um great you know very brilliant strategist um and he has a good grip on the operational and the the analytics um another another you know acquaintance in, in the mortgage industry is a uh, mike mckay he's another technologist um you know i lean on him for a lot of just advice we've we've solved the same challenges it's interesting when you meet mortgage professionals um and follow kind of a long term you know friendship or or just you know staying in touch with people because really we all go on the same journey 
regardless of the company, you know, mortgage is mortgage. We all have the same challenges. So it's interesting to share the same, you know, experiences because most likely, you know, by expanding your network, the more people you're connected to, um, you realize, ah, somebody has been there, done that and, and can give me the advice. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, thank you so much for your time today, Matt. You've been extremely kind and patient and very honest for me personally, I, one key takeaway from this entire discussion uh, is that, that you as a technology optimist, you're very hopeful, you know, towards adoption of AI, machine learning and the recent advancements. Uh, and you strongly believe that these can be deployed to automate a lot of the clerical works and improve the efficiency in the overall industry. So great. I had a good time and I also hope you had a good time talking to us too. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man. Great talking to you. Great. Great talking to you. Have a, have a great day. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs>